Ebner Maris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world, both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mayers, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man that he is. They chat about topics like Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champ, sports, music, culture, family life, and many others. Listen to the On the Hook with Abner Mayers, wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English are out on Tuesday, and episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesday. Make sure you, again, subscribe to On the Hook with Abner Mayers. With that, welcome into your victory podcast for the Orange and Brown Report. I am your host, Jared Mueller. I hope everyone um, is calmed down just a smidge from that uh, really interesting, uh, really stressful uh, game that the Cleveland Browns won 37-34 to against the in-state rival Cincinnati Bengals and have swept their in-state rival for the first time in probably a while. I don't actually have the information in front of me because I'm recording right after that game ended, after I took a deep breath and and got right on here. So um, before we get really into the game, I want to talk to you about Indeed. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't, you have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier like sponsored jobs which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month. Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. So let's run right into this game as you might be, you know, out mowing your lawn in this crisp uh, fall winterish day, um, but want to have something to listen to, or maybe you're driving in your car Monday morning and want to remember what happened in the game and have things to talk about amongst your co-workers so looking at statistics cream hunt 18 attempts for 76 yards uh landry had two carries for four yards and those were some kind of jacked up things and dearness johnson one carry for three baker had a kneel down passing baker mayfield two for i'm sorry 22 for 28 297 yards and five touchdowns uh, one interception, a passer rating of 135.6. Jarvis Landry with an impressive uh, completion for 19 yards to Donovan Peoples-Jones. I believe it was DPJ's first catch of the season, but not his last, as we all know who watched the game, um, for 19 yards for Landry. And then we go to the receiving department. Our boy, Hollywood Higgins, six targets, six receptions, 110 yards. Harrison Bryant, five targets, 
four receptions, 56 yards, and two touchdowns. Peoples-Jones, three and three, 56 yards, and that huge touchdown at the end. Jarvis Landry, five receptions for 48 yards. Hunt had an important 26 uh, yards and a touchdown. Njoku with 20 yards and a touchdown on two receptions. Over on the Bengals' side, very little rushing except for uh, Joe Burrow. So Giovanni Bernard, 13 attempts for 37 yards. Burrow had six attempts for 34 yards. Uh, Higgins, one for seven. P. Ryan, one for three. Burrow did not get 61 attempts this year or this week like he did against the Browns in uh, earlier in the season. But 35-47, 406 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Boyd, Tyler Boyd with 11 receptions, 101 yards. Green, uh, 7 for 82. So a lot of receivers, uh, a lot of touches there with 35 completions and 406 yards. But in the end, the Cleveland Browns pulled out the victory, right? And so uh, the important thing really that we're going to talk about as we kind of go through this is really we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield. We have to talk about Baker Mayfield, uh, the versatility of his receiving core. We're going to talk about the defense, and then we're going to talk about what it looks like going forward, uh, But let, and we're going to hit right there. So given all those stats, the Browns right now are 5-2. and two. They are in the sixth spot in the AFC, and given where buys are this week, so the uh, Ravens are at 5-1 just above the Browns, uh, and they are on a buy, and the Indianapolis Colts are just below the Browns at 4-2, they are also on a bye, uh, and then above the Browns because of division, uh, Buffalo is tied with the Browns at 5-2, but currently hold the division lead. Um, and looking kind of down real quickly, they're going to be in that uh, in that spot. They're going to they're going to have the AFC uh, East most likely, despite some struggles for them. So the Browns right now five and two, uh, Colts the closest behind them at four and two, uh, and then the Raiders who are currently playing Tampa Bay uh, at three and two, and coming to town. Uh, for the Browns next week before the bye. And so, again, reminder, looking at the schedule, partially for me because I had this wrong in my head for so long, the Browns play the Raiders this week, then they go on a bye, and then they have three straight games against teams who, at a minimum, have been struggling this year. Two teams that we were expected to be very difficult games, Texans and Eagles coming out of the bye in that order, and then the Jaguars. Unfortunately for those teams, they have not been good this year. And so, uh, unfortunately, the um, Eagles at 2-4-1 and one are currently leading uh, their division. The Texans, on the other hand, are 1-6, have fired uh, Bill O'Brien, but they still have some talent. It'll just depend on if they uh, go on a sale uh, before the NFL trade deadline, what their roster might look like at that point in time. And then the Jaguars are at 1-5 and five, uh, while they are currently playing as well. So um, that, that upcoming schedule is very, very interesting, right? The Raiders game, again, that's a tough team. They beat the Chiefs but is a game the Browns can win. It's possible that they can win. Uh, the Texans, the Eagles, and Jaguars are all winnable games. But even if the Browns go 2-2, two and two, at that point in time, the Browns would be 7-4 and four with an interesting closing uh, schedule. Titans, Ravens, two very, very good and tough teams. Giants, Jets, two terrible teams, but the Browns would be in New York for the uh, for Christmas, basically, and um, just before New Year's, 
And then they end with the Steelers. So let's assume the next four games, Raiders, Texans, Eagles, Jaguars, the Browns go 2-2. Two and two. They're 7-4 and four at that point in time. We assume they lose to the, the Titans and Ravens. They're 7-6. and six, But that they beat the Giants and Jets. They are now 9-6 and six with a game against the Steelers at home on January 3rd to decide whether they have a double-digit win uh, season and what happens for their playoff hopes. Again, that's kind of worst case scenario, right? Two and two against in four games that could be considered winnable, losing both to the Titans and Ravens again, which I'm going to assume, and then beating the Giants and Jets, which everyone assumes those two teams are going to lose. That's just kind of where they're at. So it's just a really interesting place the Browns have put themselves now at five and two. There, they have so much flexibility. They are three games over 500. And their schedule seems to put them in such a great position. Listen, bluntly, the Browns realistically could be 9-2, and two, right? Their next four games are winnable. The Browns could be 9-2. and two. They're not going to be most likely. That's, that's just unlikely given their struggles. They're not a perfect team. They're not great. Um, and those teams have talent. Even if their records aren't amazing, they still have talent on those teams. So it's unlikely. But given their schedule, they could be 9-2, and two, they could be 8-3, and three, and I think the worst they will be is 7-4, and four, again, barring injuries and any other kind of craziness that could happen, is that the Browns will be 7-4 and four as they go into December. And that's a fun thing to think about, right? As the team that you love going into December at 7-4, and four, with two very winnable games, easily kind of winnable games, and three tough games to try to make it to 10 wins and to make it to the playoffs. I think this year that you're seeing that there seems to be a pretty big divide between the haves and the have-nots in the AFC and really in the NFL in general. Um, But I think you're going to see these teams kind of divide themselves. So besides the Colts and Raiders and the Patriots just because they're the Patriots, there's really not, and, and those teams are flawed, right? The Browns have already beat the Colts. They have a chance to beat the Raiders. There's a lot of teams in this area that I think will be very interesting that the Browns, um, you know, can can really pull ahead uh, in this battle for this fifth and sixth and seventh positions in the NFL. And then in, unless you're a professional football player who happens to listen to this podcast, Thanks to the lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football, like most of us or all of us. But instead of entering the NFL, we've all joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi will be here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Today, I think we all watched from the... uh, edge of our seat and, and didn't know what to, I mean, it's, I mean, the second offensive play, right? Like everything looked terrible. And then all of a sudden the ball doesn't touch the ground as Baker Mayfield throws it, you know, throughout like basically the second half. Um, so watching that game, there can be a lot of stress. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through that kind of game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. So normally I like to focus on a lot of positives, but I'm going to be really honest. I'm going to talk about the defense and the struggles of the defense, and I'm going to be very honest about it. The Cleveland Browns defense has three to five good, 
pretty good, good players on it, right? So we know Miles Garrett. Uh, he had uh, two sacks, forced fumble. He did his thing. Uh, it takes a lot of attention from a lot of people. Uh, Denzel Ward did a ton of things. Um, today, pass breakups, all that stuff. Not perfect, but did a ton of things. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, um, I'll have to look at the film and see where his impact was, but uh, he has been a quality player. Honestly, though, I think he is someone that the Browns may not continue to have next year just because of his salary cap. Now, if he's willing to restructure any of those kind of things, listen, I think he's very good. I think they just have to be worried about age, given how, you know, he's a big man and, you know, age doesn't go well for the bigger guys. That's just the reality of life there. Um, at times, I've liked what Larry Ogunjobi um, brings, but I'm not sure he's consistent enough that they will have any interest in bringing him back at maybe the price tag that he's going to want or desire. Maybe they will. Maybe that'll all work out. I think you saw some good things out of Jordan Elliott today. Um, but again, quality players. Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson, Denzel Ward. Mm, uh, I mean, you. Terrence Mitchell had the huge drop that would have ended the game probably at some level long ago because that turned into seven points later, uh, dropped the interception. He's okay, should be the third cornerback. Kevin Johnson, again, he's okay, but should be a third cornerback type. Um, Ronnie Harrison, he's made some plays. I don't think he's the be-all, end-all that people want him to be. But among that, you're talking about three to five players. Now, listen, some people are like, oh, Mac Wilson, he had the... Yeah, I mean, he's going to make a play here and there. Unfortunately, not consistent. We don't know out of Jacob Phillips. Jordan Elliott, we don't know. He's not got a lot of time. And then we have players like, obviously, Grant Delpit and Greedy Williams who are injured. So we can't uh, assume anything from there. Porter Gustin has fallen off uh, since that one kind of explosion game. I think that was against Cincinnati in, in week two. Uh, Olivier Vernon, you can see why they were trying to sign Jadavion Clowney, trying to trade tra- for uh, Yannick Ngakwe at times. You know, just everything because they need more players on defense. I put this on Twitter, but this offseason, Andrew Barry remade the Browns offensive line. That is not easy to do. While Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin are only two players, that's hard to find the right players that fit and will come and will take the money and or is available in draft. Um, and then obviously sticking with Wyatt Teller instead of spending big money on a, a right guard, you can see that he is a player that is of high quality. Um, and then adding Austin Hooper um, and even Andy Janovich, I think those were two moves that uh, solidified not only the offensive offense in general, but even the offensive line, the run game, all of that kind of stuff. I think there's some of that that is underrated by what Andrew Berry did. Next offseason, it's time to hit the defense, right? You, They may, you know, continue to look for, you know, some more weapons, but Donovan Peoples-Jones had a really good game. Who knows about Rashard Higgins? It feels like this is his last run. Like, the guy's going to try to go someplace else where um, he won't be relegated to the fifth receiver, um, which he was, Um behind um, some of the other guys that are, you know, out with injury with JoJo um, and, and things like that, even Donovan Peoples-Jones. So I think this is the last run for Higgins, so maybe they go for a wide receiver. But in general, the offense has a lot of stability there. Maybe they look for a running back for long-term behind uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But Andrew Berry has an offseason to, to handle this defense. And how the more will he be able to handle and bring in players for this defense if the Browns go 9-7, and 
10 and 6, 11 and 5, and make the playoffs. You got players wanting to come, right? You know, whether that's former Woods players in San Francisco or any of his other stops, Denver, Minnesota, those kind of things, or just players in general who want to be a part of this, want to be across from Miles Garrett because they know they're going to eat when Miles Garrett is getting all the attention he is getting. Just imagine more pass rushers on the field with Miles Garrett because right now there's like none unless they 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 bring a blitz. So just a lot of excitement there when you when you think about um, what the defense could be, but we have to be very honest about the, what the defense is, and it's not very good, and it doesn't have a lot of players. Again, I would say three to five. If you add Delpit and Greedy, and if they're good, you're you're up to five to seven. Um, and then if Jacob Phillips can develop and Jordan Elliott can develop, again, these are ifs, but now you're talking about seven to nine, and all of a sudden, a few moves. Andrew Billings comes and plays really well in his one-year contract next year. Um, and, and then a few moves by Andrew Barry, and all of a sudden, you're now talking 12, 13, 14, right? That's where the defense starts to really change, but that's development of young guys. That is uh, Delpit and Greedy being healthy and good because we don't know about either of those LSU defensive backs. And that it also is Andrew Barry showing that he can bring in some really quality players on a defense. He did so on the offense this year, so now it's time for him next offseason or at the trade deadline. I wrote a little kind of buzzkill piece on the OBR about the trade deadline, but uh, it gives Andrew Barry an opportunity. And I think with the Browns, Moving in the direction of having a winning season. Listen, that's really, you know, we're talking, you know, an eight and eight, nine and seven season isn't exactly what Browns fans want, especially starting five and two. But if the Browns can get to nine and seven, ten and six, eleven and five, whatever number they ended up with, they're in that region. Nine, ten, eleven wins. Then there are defenders who will want to come to Cleveland. They'll ask to be traded. Um, if they're getting traded, they'll say they'll want to go to Cleveland. Like that, it's going to happen. They want to stop Lamar Jackson. They want to put Ben Roethlisberger down. Uh, they see this number one pick in Joe Burrow and how good he's playing, and they see the offense and they want to be a part of that across from Miles Garrett or on the same defense as Miles Garrett. So I think a nine and seven, nine, ten, eleven wins really opens up um, what Andrew Barry is going to be able to do on the defensive side of the ball. Now we get to talk about the offense. And again, we're not trying to break down everything. We're just trying to talk about, my goodness, did Baker Mayfield destroy after, um, (laughs) just destroy the Bengals defense, especially that last drive. Like, I can't tell you how exciting that is. But Baker Mayfield went from 0-5 with the interception and the old Beckham Jr. injury, 0-5 to ending the game 22 for 28. If you're if you're not reading that or thinking about that correctly, that means Baker Mayfield ended the game 22 of 23, and I believe he ended at uh, 20 in a row. I think that's the official number. Baker Mayfield proves something to every doubter. Now, is he inconsistent? Absolutely. Do the Bengals have a great defense? Absolutely not. But you're talking about a Bengals team that has been in all of their games. They seem to be decently well coached. They have talent. They they have Joe Burrow, um, who extended drives. So um, even when you look at time of possession, 32 minutes, almost 33 minutes for Cincinnati and only 27 for the Browns. Baker was able to make the most of it. Burrow, even though he threw a lot, um, quick, short, underneath, his runs, a lot of things led to um, 
the Browns not having the ball a lot, and Baker Mayfield was able to make enough happen. And it's really interesting when you look at the scoring list. It is literally, if I'm unless I'm going a little wonky in the eyes, the score is Bengals, Browns, Bengals, Browns, Bengals, Browns, Bengals, Browns, Bengals, Browns, Bengals, Browns. Right? It was a, a definitely a game that where the last people with the ball for, with a real drive won. Right? And so with 55 uh, minute and whatever it was, six seconds left, Baker Mayfield was able to lead the Browns on a drive that led to a touchdown. Right? And so. I think we have to be really honest about the fact that Baker Mayfield, um, let's look at that that drive real quick. Short pass to Jonathan Peoples-Jones, 13 yards. Short pass to Higgins, 8 yards. He got out of bounds. And again, that Peoples-Jones pass was pretty impressive. With people around his legs, he was able to kind of fire it there over the middle. Higgins pulled that one off the ground and got out of bounds. Great job. Uh, the only, oh, that's right. They count that as a, he spiked the ball to stop the clock. That was the the other miss or the incompletion by Baker and then the deep ball to Donovan's people's Jones like that is that is they drive five plays 75 yards one of those plays was a spike Baker Mayfield led the team and then you look at the the players you look at Higgins six receptions 110 yards stepping up Harrison Bryant with his two touchdowns Donovan Peoples Jones with the big play at the end that was really impressive like this was Baker using a lot of his uh, players, right? This is using his players um, that were available to him. Now there can be conversation about OBJ and whether Baker focuses on him too much and needs to spread the ball around, even when OBJ's in, in the game. The reality is, I have no idea. Um, initially, I would have, I, I still expect or expected that um, that uh, Odell is lost for the season. That's just based on that. There was just a weird play, and there's just a lot there. I could be totally wrong. I have no idea. But the reality is, is you know, being in people's, being in your own head is very difficult at times, and you want to get players the ball. We saw that with OBJ against Dallas. Get him the ball. He's going to make great plays, and so it's up to Stefanski and Baker to have in their mind how they want to do that and how they, you know, the reality is he doesn't need to be the number one progression in a in a play for him to be the primary target, right? You want you want OBJ to be the second or third progression where Baker's looking right middle left to OBJ there's a lot of things he can do there but for Baker Mayfield we we saw the Baker from his rookie season just spreading the ball around finding the open guy his his head was moving Uh, and that's really when I know Baker is doing well his head is moving and really it's bouncing along with his feet and that's where you're going to see and you can start to really get a feel for him if his feet are bouncing and his head's bouncing at the same time that's that's a part of kind of a rhythm and a a feel for Baker and so um, again 22 of 28 and all that really is is he missed his first five passes and he spiked the ball once so he was uh, you know 22 straight then like if my math is good there 22 straight because of the one spike Um, I don't care about it I'm not counting it in this kind of conversation 22 straight uh, 18 uh, rushes for 76 yards for Kareem Hunt. This is a game that is going to be so important when you look ahead, right? When you look through that schedule, like we already did, four and three, that schedule gets a little less. Ooh, okay, yeah, nine, 10, 11 wins are even possible. Like, 11 wins is possible, right? It's 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 a possibility looking at the schedule. I don't think any of us really thought 11 wins was even 
likely to even be in our heads at this point in time. We were hoping for nine, you know, and then maybe best hope was 10, just based on tons of things, right? No offseason, first time, excuse me, first time head coach and Kevin Stefanski, new offensive system, new defensive system, all of the injuries that uh, the Browns, especially on defense, have sustained, uh, and then Nick Chubb, Teller, OBJ, there's just so much there. And the Cleveland Browns, your Cleveland Browns are 5-2, and two, and I'm not sure if you bet on that, but football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on all their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day. Every day, head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Folks, thanks for stopping by. Whether it is Sunday afternoon and you're getting some stuff taken care of, and you're you want to talk about the game a little bit to other people, and you want to talk through some things or hear through some things, or if you're on your way into work on Monday or listening to this while you're getting started or in your Monday, heck, even Monday afternoon, I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, my technology issues should be resolved uh, where my office is back available, where I can uh, do all of get all of my Stevens and Jakes and Freds in this week. Uh, that should be taken care of tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to kind of getting back to our full docket uh, for the Orange and Brown Report podcast. Thank you for stopping by. Please continue to take care of yourself, take care of others, and go Browns.